The noon hour is here. What was that again? The noon hour is here. And this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. From the Jazz to BYU. From the Utes to the NFL. Your local midday sports radio fix kicks off now. Listen. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Welcome in, 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Uh, during game week, we don't mess around on a Tuesday. Go right up to Logan, Utah. Welcome in the head coach of the Utah State Aggies, Gary Anderson. Coach, how are you? Hey, Coach. What's going on, guys? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Man, it's so good to hear your voice. I don't know what it is. It's it's your voice and football, and it just puts me in the right mood. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. <laughs> you've, been, uh, you've been doing this a while. Do you still get kind of butterflies on game week? Oh, sure, yeah, especially, you know, game one. You know, there's so many unknowns, and you're trying to just cross every T and dot every I and put the kids in their situation and not let them be surprised. And then, you know, half those special things you work on, probably 90% of them never show up. But you want it's just all those all those things that keep you awake. And, you know, when you got a young team like we have and some very, a couple of very special players, you want to do all you can to make sure you just ensure that, you're helping those great players with the young players understand how to go out and play. So, little butterflies, absolutely, but it's fun. It's time to go play. We need to go play a game. You know, Coach, I was thinking back to when I stepped on the radio scene. I had just come out of professional football, and I stepped out onto the radio scene, and I went out to cover one of your camps. Uh, and I think one of your captains was Joe Giannone. I think he was a linebacker, and – I remember that defense, and I remember being out at that practice and thinking, oh, okay, well, and I had just gotten done with the Colts and gotten done with Arena League, and I remember thinking, boy, this camp is as physical as anything I've seen. Like, it was it was physical. I'm wondering, how much have you evolved from those types of camps where you were leading that defense to what you do in modern-day football? Well, <clears throat> the, the biggest thing that's changed is – you know, the, the camp is not the two-a-days and the walkthroughs and all those things. And I, I really believe it's a good thing. And when I say that, I think it's a good thing because our kids, years and years ago, and quite frankly, when you played, I'm sure it was the same way, you didn't have the opportunity that these kids have in the summer right now. Full-time, whole team there, strength coaches there, nutrition opportunities, uh, paid summer school, all those things that you have now. So our kids come in in a much better idea, and now we can spend some time with them in the summer football-wise. So you don't need the two-a-days. But you have to keep your physicality. And to me, old school, nine-on-nine drill, yep, you do it. You know, we're a spread team, and we run the ball, and we're flying all over the field and all the stuff that comes with it. But I think to continually get in a spot to where you're going to – you know, we play in the mountains, and sooner or later you can run yourself into a snow game, a rain game, whatever it may be, a windy day, and you need to be able to run the ball. And it comes back to 
technique, fundamentals, hand placement, pad level, tackling, being physical, and kind of liking to be physical for those O-line and D-line. So we try to keep our physical presence, and we tackle a lot still in camp. You know, we tackled a bunch of times during camp, and we tackled in, in, the, in all three of our scrimmages, and we tackled heavy in all three of those scrimmages. And um, you know, We didn't have one young man have an injury because he got tackled or because he was tackling somebody. So wow. I think you have to keep your core of toughness, um, and it's something we pride ourselves on. But Yet also has changed with the times to make sure we take care of the kids. And I think the staff and our training staff, myself, always push to make sure that we, you know, may get their legs and listen to the kids. You know, how are you feeling? Because they'll tell us the truth if we ask them and we're sincere. A couple uh, questions in regards to your two deep that was released yesterday. I know that uh, in talking to Coach Enna, was uh, hoping to get that uh, second linebacker next to David Woodward. Kevin Metzenheimer gets the start. What did Kevin show that – uh, led you to believe he's ready to be that guy next to uh, Woodward in the uh, in that linebacking core. You know, quite a few things. First of all, off the, off the field, um, nutrition wise, uh, weight room wise, getting his weight where it needed to be, and just making sure that he's he's in the spot with his uh, in, in life to be able to say I'm ready to go uh, go do this thing. And that's that's a that's a big for, that's a big step when you're paying middle linebacker because blocking out the outside distractions is, is very important in that position. That's important in all positions and the way the kids are today with social media and everything that's out there, but I think it's really important at the linebacker position. Um, his body, he changed it, like I mentioned earlier, became a student of the game. You know, Coach N is going to, ma- going to demand that you're a student of the game. He, he's not going to coach you soft. It's not going to happen. Um, I think Kevin is adjusted to that. He's adapted to that, and, and quite frankly, he likes it. There's a lot of, a lot of uh, responsibility put on the shoulders of our linebackers, and Kevin has done a really nice job of, of handling that the last few weeks. You've been doing this a long time. You've seen a lot of quarterbacks, and you come into that Utah State program and you inherit Jordan Love. I want to know where Jordan Love fits in the pantheon of quarterbacks that you've been around and seen at the college level. Well, I think quarterbacks that, that I've had, quarterbacks that I've competed against, um, He's right there. Um, now, I'm excited to be on the sidelines and watch him play. I'm excited to watch him, how he handles himself with his demeanor throughout a game and in those good times and those just okay times. And, and you know, if there's going to be adversity, there's going to be some tough times too. But I just, the way he's done on the field, off the field, uh, communication with his teammates on the field, off the field is, you know, there's no, hey, I've arrived, I've got this. There's no palms up looking at his coordinator and saying, why did we call that? Um, None of those things. He's just been uh, a kid that is, is very you know, screwed down tight. He knows where he wants to go. Uh, he's not thinking about the future. He's thinking about today, and he's thinking about Wake Forest. He's not worried about January. I truly believe that. And that's a credit to him because there's so many distractions right now that Jordan Love has. So I'll bet you every day there's 15 to 20 text messages on his phone, and I know there's a lot. I don't have an exact number, but we've talked about this, and he gets bombarded um, by outside forces that can be such distractions for him, and he's able to block those out to this point, and I think he'll continue to block them out. So he's right up there with uh, the best ones that I've been around, and uh, you know I hope we can help him go out and, and he'll deliver uh, and be a great player this year and have a very difficult decision to make you know, come January, and um, we'll see what that is. Gary Anderson, head coach at Utah State with us. Uh, you'll hear him coming up tomorrow night on the Coaches Show, which you'll hear on this network on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Coach, you uh, you look at the Utah transfer, CLC Mariner, Caleb Rep. Uh, CLC is listed as a starter. Caleb is a uh, an or starter with uh, Carson Terrell. 
you know, the, there's a lot of expectations on those kids, and I know you set the bar high on them. It sounds like they uh, rise to the occasion of the challenges you put in front of them. They really have, and uh, I'm proud of those kids, and I'm proud of this football team, the way that they take all three of those kids from Utah. You know, Nick is in that same spot there, and Nick got here a little bit later than the other ones, but Caleb and CLC are going to play and play a lot. Um, we, we, we brought them here to be difference makers, and We'll never shy away from that, nor will they. Uh, that's, what, that's what we're going to ask them to do. And, you know, Nick is going to be in the same way. Now, Nick's a little different. Nick has two years, so that's awesome that Nick will be here with us for two years. But uh, this team has taken all of those transfers and kind of said, hey, let's go. And, you know, you're, you're here for a reason. Let's jump in there and roll. But uh, those two kids have high expectations for themselves. And, you know, I just wanted to be, I wanted to be happy when, when they were going to make a change. And I thought this was a great place for them. And I tried to educate it on them. They came up here and they felt comfortable. And, I, I think they're in a position to, number one, be happy, number two, work like crazy to reach their team goals and their personal goals over the next few months here as we roll through the season. And, and I'm excited about them for this year and excited for their futures. Broke my heart to see Darwin Thompson declare and leave that Utah State program. I was a huge fan of the way he played. And you go to BYU, you were able to get uh, Riley Burt as a transfer out of the portal. And I was just watching some film, Riley Burt. I know he's got some speed on the edges. Where does he fit into your running back stable, and how confident are you in him to go out and give you some reps? Yeah, we had G. Bright, which you all know. G. Bright was with us and uh, returning when Darwin left, and from there there wasn't a lot of experience there. So we first went out and got Enoch Nawahini for the, as a transfer in January as a freshman, and uh, he was with us and went through spring ball, and then we got Riley. A transfer, obviously, from BYU, as you mentioned, and he's come in, and it's what he is. He's, he's fast. He's got very good hands. Um, he's a he's a he's a compliment to the to the backfield. And then you have Jalen Warren from East High School, went to Snow College, played terrific at both of those programs. And so that's that's the guys we have there. So right now, you'd say it's going to be G. Bright, it's just going to be Jalen, and then you're going to uh, sit in a position to be able to get Riley in there and do some things for us. So when we've been at our best, we have three backs that are good football players, and I think we could have four backs and. Uh, that can get in there and play and, you know, never count out Chase Nelson is another guy to get in there. But those guys have to produce at a high level, and I'm excited to see what Jalen Riley can do for us uh, in this football game. How do you uh, manage the four-game redshirt thing with your freshmen? I mean, do you, are you more apt to play guys early and see what they can do, or are you more apt to, like, maybe wait and uh, hold them to the end of the season, or is it just kind of on a case-by-case basis? Well, we'll pump the brakes a little bit early, um, unless it's a kid that we if, – if we have a freshman that plays right now – in game one, we're basically saying we think he's going to play more than four games. Gotcha. Um, if that's a young man that is on the other side of that, then it kind of goes by um, game situations, number one. Number two, it can go by injuries um, where all of a sudden you need to take a kid out. But you'd like to kind of stockpile those for insurance on those kids that you think can play as long as you have the other young men that were ahead of them playing um, at, the, at, at a higher level than they're playing. Coach, you look at this conference that – that you're obviously that you're in and, and coming back to how how good is the Mount West Conference as you look at some of the returning talent and pay attention to some of the other programs that you're going to see this year? Well, I think it's pretty darn good. Um, you know, the, the thing about this league is it seems like every year there's somebody that kind of jumps out at you, and that, that I think there's a lot of teams that are striving to be and play with the consistency year in and year out that Boise's had and. As you see more facilities, as you see more people in the weight room, as you see nutrition programs continue to grow, <clears throat> that allows you to continually get better. I believe those things are, are, are vitally important to be able to consistently be 
a program that plays meaningful games in November. That's one of our number one goals is to get to that point. And um, I'm sure it's everybody's goal. But really there's one team that's done that for what? A long, long time, and that's been Boise, right? They're usually always there at the end, and if they have a down year, they have a down year, but there's a good chance they'll be back the next year. And that's kind of where everybody wants to be, but that's where I think a lot of teams are striving to be. I guarantee you that's what Fresno's trying to do right now. You know, they're trying to – they won it last year. They're trying to be right back there again and, um, and you know, whomever we talk to. So I think the competition is good. I think the, you know, the recruiting is, has, has continually gone up and gotten better and better and better. The big thing in this league is when you play in those non-conference games, <clears throat> whoever they may be, many times you're playing two teams or a power five teams. Uh, you know, staying healthy, the depth, all those things become so important having a great year at this level. Big road trip. You're about three days away from playing Wake Forest coming up on Friday. Uh, Wake goes high tempo. They play with pace. Is it advantageous for your defense when, they, when they're up against a team like that and practice every day to be able to handle that kind of a situation? Yeah, it really helps, you know, the fact that we can <clears> – <throat> excuse me, guys, I still have my camp voice a little bit here. Um, <laughs> but the uh, it helps uh, when when you're playing fast and line up fast and are required to line up fast to be able to compete with your offense uh, throughout camp, throughout spring ball, it's definitely a help. Uh, <clears throat> so, you know, we'll see. You're going to have two games – two teams are going to go real fast, so – who knows? It could be a five-hour football game. We might not get back until we play Friday night. We might not get back till Saturday at noon. Who knows what's going to take place? But uh, you know, it, do, it does help um, to our ability to get lined up. And it's just with the with the youth that's out there in the back end, we need to make sure that we keep it simple for them and let them go play. Coach, another uh, position that we saw kind of depleted and, and changed out is that offensive line. And I know you've talked many, many times about some of the talent that's moved in there. But on the whole, maybe not even really going into specifics, but on the whole, how confident do you feel with this unit? How well have they come together? How veteran do you feel like they are? And, and how well can they play together? Yeah, I'm excited to see them play. You know, where we went all in on them in, in early January when we got here a couple, three weeks into the job. And we knew we had some deficiencies, some holes to, heal, to fill. Uh, you lose four or five starters, and one would think that you would go out and you know potentially look for JC guys and uh, go out and look for transfers and all those things and kind of roll the dice on getting a JC guy that can play or a transfer guy here that may show up late. And We didn't do that at that position, and we felt that uh, these young men were tough-minded. They fit within our recruiting philosophy as far as just uh, you know who they are and what they're about. And, yes, did they have to develop and work hard in the weight room? They sure did. But just in short, we went all in on those guys in early January, we've stayed all in with them. They've busted their tail, and, and I'm really excited to see them go out and compete. And you all know how important it is. Look at the Florida-Miami game. I mean, there was a young offensive line that, you know, had some issues in that game and um, caused a lot of problems. So we will see. We'll learn a lot more. And when we get back in here on, on Sunday morning, we're going to know a lot more about uh, how those kids are ready to play. But I know they're excited. I hope they can just hone in and relax, take a big, deep breath, and play how they practice. If they can do that. I think we'll be in a decent spot and allow the playmakers to make plays around them. Uh, Utah State announced the addition of Taron Adams uh, about a week or so ago. Uh, he's eligible right now. Uh, what is the uh, what is the learning curve for a young man like that to get out on the field? He's going to play, and uh, he's been very smart. He's handled it well. Again, there's not a bunch of attitudes or woe is me because there's a another transfer walking in here. Um, our kids have uh, just w- welcomed him with open arms. Um, He's, he's tough, he's smart, he's played a lot of football at a high level, 
and uh, has high expectations of himself. So he'll get out on the field and be ready to go. And, you know, the crazy thing is I tell the kids all the time, well, I have said this, so I won't say it anymore, there's no free agency in college football, but now there kind of is um, early in the year. So yeah. we'll never stop recruiting. If we have an opportunity to get a young man in the program, we'll take him as long as we have the opportunity and we think it's a good fit. And, you know, he's another kid. He has two years left. So that's, uh, that's a pretty great time to get a kid like that in your program. And, um, and he loves it here and obviously comes from a, a rich football tradition in his family. Coach, I know in the past you've really leaned on those leaders, the veteran leaders. You've done a, a really great job in, in your coaching past to really put together good leaders and give them a lot of leeway and a, and a lot of voice in the locker room. Do you feel like you have guys that you can lean on that that you had when you originally when you left Utah State, some of those great backers and some of those solid guys that you leaned on? Do you have some of those guys in this locker room? I believe our captains uh... – very different in how they lead, how they communicate, how verbal they are. Um, you know, David Woodward, you have to squeeze him to get him to say a word, but he does lead um, in his own way. And, and ever since he's been named a captain, he hasn't changed, which I think that's an important part of being a leader. Is You, don't, you were respected before you got voted a captain. You don't need to change. You were, re- you were respected when you got put in the leadership committee, whomever you are, <clears throat> already. You don't have to change. Um, We've had him work with Dr. Rich Gordon, who Dr. Gordon up here has been fantastic for us. He works with the leadership committee, works with the captains. Um, so to answer that question, I say yes. But that's a work in progress at this time, too, right? When we'll see when we face some adversity, when we face some really good times, when those captains and those leadership committee kids have to you know, make, make decisions when kids are not in the facility and grab their team and say, hey, this is what we're going to do and how we're going to do it, and this is how we're going to handle ourselves. So um, they've been very good. Um, I practice. They see. They appear to be very good when they walk out of the facility, and they need to. They need to keep their edge, and we'll keep communicating. And <clears throat> you have to teach leaders. You have to continually. Don't force them to do something they're not comfortable doing, but you do have to educate them. And I think we're, we uh, always strive to do a good job with that, and, and uh, they seem to handle it well. I've heard some coaches say going uh, two time zones east can be problematic. Other coaches say that it's not a big deal. Where are you at on that? Well. As long as it's a night game, um, and we're leaving on well, obviously we'll leave on Friday. We'll yeah. leave, get up in the morning and leave, and get out of here, and um, we'll get there around five o'clock their time, which is three o'clock home, and so it's a, it's a two-hour time change. It'll never be an excuse for us, um, as far as that goes. You know that the the challenge is, and we don't have that in this game because we play on Friday. But the challenge is, if you play on Saturday night. On the other side of the country, at eight o'clock at night, um, which is six o'clock here, you know you don't get home the next night, the next morning till whatever four or five in the morning. That could be very hard if that's a Sunday. In this case, it's a Saturday. So, um, if I had my druthers, I would play. You know where we know what the weather's like, where there's not humidity, whether it may be hot or whatever. That's fine, but I'd rather play on the West Coast and be playing these games and pack Pac-12 teams consistently. But that's not the case right now. So. Um, won't be an excuse, but if you're asking me what I'd like to do, yeah. um, I'd rather get an hour and ten minute plane ride than a three hour and whatever it is. <laughs> you and me both. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, Coach, did did Justin, uh, your defensive coordinator, did did he blitz 98 percent of camp? Did he what? Did he did he bring the blitz 98 percent of camp? <laughs> <laughs> well, there was. Uh, 
a couple times where it was uh, a little interesting when he called a couple blitzes. I was like, uh, Justin, I, I might overrule you on that one, big dog. And he's like, oh, okay. There's a guy. There's a free safety in the middle of the field. I said, I know, but it's a bi- it's a big field. So, yeah, he's a he's an aggressive dude. That's for sure. You know that. But yeah. you know, I think he's he's uh, these kids have learned who he is. And again, I, every every assistant coach does not have the same personality as I. Um, whether it's Mike Sanford, T.J. Woods, Justin Anna, whoever it may be, I want him to coach with their own personalities. And I think this defense has you know, accepted who he is, what he's about, understands that uh, he really does care for them. Uh, and, you know, is he aggressive? I don't, you, know, you know better than that. <laughs> he's going to get after it. I'd come play for that guy tomorrow. I would. I, I'd, I'd come play defensive tackle. I'd come play linebacker for that guy tomorrow. I'll, I'll, I'll take you to D-tackle right now. Let's go. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't have it anymore, Coach. Hey, you know what? You probably want to wear your old helmet, so then you'd have to get into a lawsuit. There's going to be a long litigated formation. It's going to be tough. I, I, I'll play D-tackle if I can get you in and play guard for a bit. <laughs> hey, I got one snap and I'll cut your tail. <laughs> I wouldn't even see it coming nowadays. <laughs> hey, Coach, you appreciate it. Looking forward to chatting with you tomorrow on the Coach's Show and uh, look forward to getting this thing started. Good Thanks luck, for your Coach. Time. Okay, guys, appreciate you. Go Aggies. Gary Anderson, head coach, Utah State. First of uh, many conversations this season.